Hello and welcome to Eden Talks, a podcast series which looks at how Eden House and our partners support our customers and each other in an ever-changing business landscape. I'm Jennifer Hilliard, Solution Architect at Eden House, and in today's episode we'll be looking at the subject of workplace culture and creating an inclusive and diverse workforce. And to help with that, I'm joined by Xenia Vitter, who is Pre-Sales Architect at Eden House, and Kat Buchanan, Managing Director at Accenture, who recently became parent group to Eden House. It's lovely to see you both here. Let's start off by hearing a bit about your backgrounds, because as we know, IT and tech are not traditionally fields women have gravitated towards. Sonia, let's start with you. Hi. Well, I'm originally from South Africa. I've been here in the UK now for five and a half years. Being here now really shows me that things in South Africa seem to be much slower in terms of the workplace diversity than in the UK. One of the companies I worked for in South Africa, I rose up the ladder quite fast. And because of the unusual nature of that at the time, questions were asked, why, what was the real reason, how is that possible, et cetera, became pretty unpleasant being there. So not long after my promotion, I actually moved and left from there, which was quite a pity. I'd worked hard for that. Little did I know that the next company, I wasn't going to progress at all. That company wasn't great with diversity at all. So I tended to drift between determination, disappointment, and kind of trying to decide what I was going to do next. Ultimately, that was one of the reasons in deciding to come here in the hope to find that which I was looking for. Here, I've definitely felt that my opinions matter, that I'm heard, that people take what I have to say in consideration, which was not the case before and was very frustrating. So now everything's discussed, not dismissed. And Kat, I'd love to hear a bit more about your background as well. Sure. As you've mentioned, Jen, I'm a managing director in our tech strategy and advisory practice within Accenture. I've actually been in Accenture for 15 years now and and always erred on the side of the more technology side of things. There's a number of reasons behind that. I guess, like you say, IT and technology, not traditionally something where we have many female roles. You know, it's not particularly seen as attractive to females, which I just think is ridiculous. Why can't women flourish in technology? So partly, I guess, some sadistic element of me wanted to flourish in an arena where maybe women traditionally weren't seen in that space. And I had a spattering sort of one or two female role models as I've grown up through Accenture, and they were really really instrumental on my career and that's something actually I'm really passionate about is I think role models and feeding the next female generation in this space is hugely important so I'm really keen to see more women progress in the IT and technology space see more women senior leadership in the space as well and having more female role models to help move that through and move our young talent through is incredibly important to me. I know your passion about it as you speak my experience has been interesting when it comes to working in the IT world. I found it very male-dominated in some companies. I've worked in places where there's been less than 10% of the workforce have been women, and most of those have been admin teams with maybe 3%, 4% have actually been technical. When I started my manufacturing business back in 1990, there were very few women in manufacturing, and I would get wheeled out. I'd get phone calls regularly to say, will you do this interview on the radio? Will you go and do this television debate or you know, different things? Because I was a novelty factor. It was a woman in manufacturing who owned a manufacturing company. So I think things have moved on a little bit further from there. I also think even today, we still get a bit of that discrimination. You know, I've been in meetings relatively recently where I've been the technical person there and I've been with a male colleague who's been the salesperson and all the technical questions have been directed to the salesperson and not to me. And that happens and it still happens today. So there is still this 
impression that the men are the technical ones and us girls don't really know it. But I've certainly seen that happen in the last five years. (laughs) But I think it is a generational thing. It does tend to be older people. I actually had a situation when I was running my own company where a prospective customer rang us up and we were high tech, high power industrial laser profile cutting. He rang up. I happened to answer the phone that day. The call was put through to me. And he said, I need to speak to somebody technical. I said, well, you can speak to me. No, I need to speak to somebody technical. I've got a technical question. I said, well, run it by me. I'm sure I can answer it for you. And after this conversation went on for a little while, he actually turned around and he said, I need to speak to a man. I said, well, I own the business. I said, I'm pretty technical. I, I can answer most questions. If I can't, I'll go and pull somebody out of the workshop for you. And I was able to answer his question perfectly well. And I think that very much was an older generational thing especially in sort of manufacturing and and the smaller fabrication business. I don't think you see it as much in bigger businesses than you do in smaller businesses. So Kat, Eden House now comes under the Accenture umbrella, and I believe you're heavily involved in some company initiatives to drive diversity. Would you like to tell us about those? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I work in the tech strategy and advisory arm of Accenture, but also I have a dual role where I also lead up the Accent on Gender Network for the UKI, which I'm hugely passionate about. We have various kind of Accent on initiatives across the organisation, both globally and, and in the UK. I think the Gender Network is, was one of the first ones. I think, I think I'm right in saying that. And actually has evolved from being Accent on Women to Accent on Gender. Accenture have made a pledge externally that we will get to 50-50 gender split workforce by 2025. And that's a main goal of ours that, you know, that we're all striving towards. We're well on the target to get there. But as I say, we kind of evolved from accent on women to accent on gender. I think that was a number of years ago when we were more embryonic. It was very much a discussion around women. But actually, you can't really have a discussion on gender when you're excluding 50% of the people from that discussion. So we evolved into accent on gender. A big campaign of ours sort of about a year or two ago was to bring more men in the conversation and to have male allies in the discussion because as you say you know you you talked about your example back there Jen whereby you're in a meeting with a male colleague and, and all the technical questions were being hit his way and what we really want is for and I'm sure it happened in that scenario I I don't know but is for an ally a male ally to help rebalance that and say well no I'm going to bring in my technical partner here and and she'll answer those questions we really need allies across the board to help promote women and help promote gender equality so that was a really important initiative for us one of the biggest levelers I think that we progressed in Accenture was to bring in shared parental leave So we do see that women going off on maternity leave, they take a large portion of time out of their careers. And for many reasons, some people feel at a disadvantage when they're coming back into the workforce because they've taken that time out. And one of the single biggest levelers I feel between men and women was to uh, to offer the same, same amount of time off for men. And that really, truly will help level out any time off and any perceived detriments to people's career because of that. I've worked in organisations, not Eden House, Eden House has been refreshing, but I've worked in some very male-dominated environments where women don't feel comfortable because there's a very laddish culture, there's a lot of sexist talk in open plan offices, and it doesn't make us feel comfortable as women being in those environments, and sometimes it doesn't always make us feel safe either. And, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that a lot of the women I know in the tech industry have very strong personalities. But I also think that 
we become immune to it. I don't know about you, but sometimes things are said or, or people interact in certain ways. And one of my colleagues will make a comment to me. Sometimes some of my male colleagues will make a comment to me and say, that was a bit sexist. And I just don't notice it. I don't register it because I think it's something we sadly become quite accustomed to. As you say, we need men to be more educated and to support us in those ways as well. Zenia, would you like to add something in on that? Yeah, Jen, I think, as you say, Eden House is quite diverse already. I suppose this is something that we all enjoy about Eden House. But in general, looking at a lot of the other companies that I've worked at, we really need male management to be more open to discussion, embracing the various diversity options. And generally, what what I've noticed really is the higher you go, the the larger the discrepancy. I don't know if this maybe stems from um, how things are at home, if they have those kind of hierarchies at home or not, because the older generation, obviously, we know that was how it was. Things have changed considerably now. But I believe that that tends to possibly resonate into the work environment. If I look at the younger generation, currently the diversity gap is less so in the younger generation who are actually busy working their way up the ladder. So the progress is naturally over time going to improve from bottom up. And I believe the way that we can probably embrace that is if upper management encourages that more and doesn't just rely on the younger generation to come in and automatically just fix that over time, we need quite a bit of activity and activeness from the upper management. They need to embrace it, further encourage the process. So if you look at it on average, generally male management is still predominant. However, I do still strongly believe that if a male has the capabilities and is the right fit for the job, they should be getting it. I don't under any circumstances believe that ability should be sidelined for diversity. Kat, would you like to come back on any of that? Yeah, I mean, I am an advocate of quotas, you know, and I'm an advocate and I'm proud that Accenture have said that they will get to 50-50 by 2025. I am part of many discussions on performance when it comes to that time of year within Accenture. And we do look at diversity and we do look at numbers and the teams that we're promoting. And we do give priority to ensuring that we do have that diversity across the board. And I think that's really important. And I think you can be in a situation whereby candidates are kind of comparable, we need to ensure that we are promoting and and seeing successful routes through for a more diverse workforce. And and we'll continue to do that, I think. And it comes back to one of my original points around role models. If we don't have senior women and, and a diverse senior leadership team, we're just not setting the right example for our younger team members. And we just won't have that pull through. To what Senya was saying is in the junior ranks, you tend to see a bit more of a fairer 50-50 split. And then in our senior management levels, we're, we're not seeing as many women. And why is that? Why is a technology career not seen as something that more senior women want to pursue? You know, come back to it again. I strongly believe if you have female role models in those places and people can see that you can be successful, that's really helping to fight the battle. So from my side, we should be actively promoting a more diverse workforce and and being quite open and honest about that and the reasons why we've put certain people forward over others. So because we're women, we've talked a lot about gender diversity in the workplace. But of course, 
The discussion applies to racial, age and class diversity as well. People subconsciously, in my experience, sometimes recruit people like themselves. So how do we bring a range of diversity into the management structure? Xenia, perhaps you'd like to start off on this one. Jen, the, the way I see it is if we have an improvement in the education of people between the different cultures, um, it may help this. There's a need to understand each other, be more tolerant of each other, and management can do a lot to help and encourage that. The gap is definitely narrowed, but as you say, Kat, there's definitely still room for improvement, and that is something that we need to keep driving. Xenia, you talk about the education between cultures. Many companies still give alcohol to their staff as gifts. And and I've seen people be offended by that because culturally they don't drink or for religious reasons they don't drink. And they see that as not understanding their culture, not understanding them. And I think also sometimes that that causes issues as well around when all the socialising is around alcohol as well, alcohol focused, then those people who don't drink often feel a bit sidelined in those situations. And I think, again, that's about understanding the cultures and and being sympathetic to those cultures as well. And I think it is a bit easier than it used to be interacting socially because less people drink than than used to. There's a better attitude towards it. But I think around companies giving gifts of alcohol, then that potentially is an issue. I think COVID, I mean, obviously it's had such a huge impact on all of us and it's really change the way we obviously live and work and and the blurring of that you know where your living room is now where you watch tv and also do your work from and and is your office as well certainly what I've seen or what I'm hearing particularly from the younger people in the workforce is is it has given people more of a desire to have a better work-life balance as there's been more of a blurring and actually people that kind of more passionate about maybe not potentially making the next level, but people actually putting so much more weight on life balance, I suppose. I think young people are also more technical, aren't they? I'm sounding a bit like a dinosaur here, but we didn't have computer science at school. We didn't have computers at school. It was only the kind of nerdy middle class, usually the lads who got into computer science and usually at university level. And that was true for some of my brothers as well. They didn't do it at school, but then went on to do things at university because we just didn't have that exposure in school. So, and I think also when I started out in my career, IT roles didn't really exist unless you were doing programming and it was really hardcore. So I think the evolution of, of the industry as well, it's evolved as the younger people have come up and, and they've got more tech in their everyday lives. It's almost second nature to them as well. But I also think that the the COVID situation has shown a real class divide as well, and we shouldn't underestimate that. You know, we've had pupils who've struggled with home learning because they've not had access to laptops or broadband. All of this has an impact in those people that we're going to be recruiting in the future. Coming back to what we've said before, you know, we need to recruit the people, have diversity within the generations coming up as well. And these things will have an impact Yeah, Jen, there's definitely a lot of talent in the lower income families where people, kids actually have quite a lot of techie knowledge. They don't have formal training, formal education or anything like that. And therefore, they probably have a fear to interview for these large corporations that are very techie orientated. So I think that there needs to be some sort of recognition of that. Companies, I would imagine, could use a an apprenticeship scheme to manage this, to encourage the younger generation without formal qualification to come in and actually experience and learn. And it'll be really interesting because this is where the companies can make sure they're not losing out on candidates who would normally never be considered 
not necessarily because they don't know things or they don't have a capability. It's just because they're not making themselves known because of the big gap from lower income families and that education. People who come into businesses and feel that they already have that disadvantage generally will end up leaving and going somewhere else. And if they don't see it reflected, so you'll always end up missing out on the best candidates before you've actually had a chance to recognize them. Ultimately, I was really frustrated before. I've now come to Eden House and I have had a great experience at Eden House, which is definitely one of the reasons which makes me want to stay in this company. Ultimately, I've experienced greater diversity from Eden House than I have in any, any other company I've been at. That's good to hear. I think the workforce today expects to work in a much more empathetic environment. That's actually it's a, a classic trait of a, a woman, right, to be a bit more empathetic. And I always think that actually we need to embrace these classic female traits because they're really invaluable in the workplace. Our expectations of women in senior positions and throughout can be our detriment. We, uh, as part of Accent on Gender this year, one of our campaigns and one of our priorities is around busting the myth of the superwoman. So when a man succeeds and does well, we kind of say, you know, he's done well here, he's excelled. And when a woman does well, we say, you know, she's excelled here, she's moved on to the next level, she's also got an industry award here, she's balancing a career and, a, and young children, she's and, and, and. And we perpetuate this myth to, to succeed, you need to be a superwoman. And actually, I, I think in some ways that makes women in senior leadership positions, it, it makes it seem unattainable. We're not all superwomen. We're all doing very well, but we're all human. So I think people need to see that kind of honest and open side and see that women can be successful and as successful as men, but we don't need to do that and, and, and as well, because it makes it unachievable. So companies, you know, need to think about that and be aware of that when they're looking at their diversity numbers and plans behind it. Accenture reports have been out, I think, in 2019 to say the best innovative and most creative teams come from diverse teams. And so for me, it's nothing more than a business decision. If you want to be a successful business, and if you want to survive the next 20, 50, 100 years, you need to have a diverse workforce. It's a simple business decision for me. That's all for today. It's been fantastic to talk to you both. And it's a conversation which clearly needs to keep happening throughout companies, including at top level management, who need to make sure they are listening. It's encouraging to see how far diversity in the workplace has come, but there's still work to be done and it's important that businesses keep an eye on the situation or risk falling by the wayside in the years to come. Many thanks to Xenia and Kat and thanks to you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's podcast, so if you'd like to get involved in the discussion or have any questions, you can do that on our blog where we are sharing all of these shows. You can find that at edenhousesolutions.co.uk forward slash blog. And of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast app. Until next time, goodbye.